Hey, you're on with Alex Easy Polizzi, man who took what MMA junkie has called a hellacious knee. And I'm talking with the Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Welcome back to the Pro Sports Podcasters. I'm your co-host, Mr. Nee Wallace Bruce, a.k.a. NWB. And I'm joined by Mr. Corbett Rond, a.k.a. Kobe. Kobe, how you doing? Good, buddy. Good. Taking it easy. That's all right. We're into the holiday season up in North America. It's cold. It's good time to stay inside and chill. One person who's not chilling right now, who's training hard at the moment, is someone out in Denver. He's a national champion, both in the U.S. and Brazil, in the sport of wrestling. He's going to tell us a little bit more about that and some of his future plans. It is Mr. Bruno Nicoletti. Bruno, how you doing? What's going on, guys? Uh, thanks for having me. I just want to correct correct the statistics there. I don't want to, uh, you know, lead with that. So I, I did actually win the Brazilian National Freestyle Tournament. But besides that, I was an All-American wrestler in college. Um, so I did not win nationals in the U.S., uh, although that was the dream. But... Um, you know, I think it's pretty funny how life like circles back around, you know, and I was able to do it for Brazil. And now, you know, in March, I'll be flying back to Sao Paulo in my home state uh, to qualify for the Olympic team. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> I appreciate the clap. Uh, have you guys ever had uh, wrestlers on the podcast before? I know uh, Archie Colgan was on here recently and he's a good buddy of mine yeah we've had a lot of mixed martial artists we've nice. we had a karateka on the show but you're the first wrestler dedicated yeah. wrestler yeah dedicated wrestling wrestler. only man these guys are uh, taking punches to the face that's uh <laughs> that's some real savage stuff you know i Absolutely. gotta keep the money maker there we go <laughs> oh yeah so so bruno how old were you when you moved to the United States of America? So me and my family at the time, it was my mom and my dad and myself. Um, we moved to the U.S. I was eight years old. My dad actually moved a year before we did just to kind of, you know, set things up, um, you know, get a job, start making some money, get a house, all this stuff. So I was actually with my mom in Brazil for about a year without my dad and then followed my dad here to the U.S. and we moved directly to Colorado, you know, grew up in, uh, at the time it was, uh, lived in Lakewood and then Aurora. We had a stint out in Chicago that, that we lived, uh, there for a little bit. Returned to Brazil for about a year, uh, throughout my teens. And then I've, uh, the rest of the time I've lived here in Colorado. Now, Brazil doesn't have that much of a wrestling pedigree. Do, do you think you would have pursued wrestling had you not moved to the United States of America? Absolutely not. I don't think, 
you know, it just wasn't viable at the time. The the sport of wrestling is really growing, you know, in Brazil. And so, no, I mean, there wasn't even really a structured team because, you know, I All-American in uh, 2018. Mm -hmm. And that's when I graduated. Um, So there wasn't even an opportunity to um, wrestle. You know, I was living in a world where like, hey, I'm wrestling at the – at the highest level in college and you would figure that you know an organization would reach out to me right when i'm at the peak of uh 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 my athletic ability and so yeah in brazil things move a little bit differently but after i went there for this national freestyle tournament i was actually surprised at how how organized it truly was and you know i think it would be really cool if the sport grows in brazil Cause you already have these crazy, like mixed martial artists, you know, BJJ, like specialists. Imagine if some of those transitioned, I mean, you could see some dangerous guys on those teams, you know? Definitely. Definitely. Now in, in college, are you competing at just folk style or were you competing freestyle as well? How, like which, which style? Um, actually no freestyle, no Greco. Um, you know, I, I probably had a couple of, uh, wrestling matches where I did wrestle freestyle. Um, <laughs> You know, in in high school, I wrestled freestyle a lot. I've probably had, you know, close to 500, 600 freestyle matches, like, along my career. But, no, I was wrestling strictly folk style. Now, the interesting thing with freestyle is just the the way that I wrestle. It just kind of benefits me more. Uh, I'm very explosive. You know, um, I like wrestling off of my feet. I'm very good on top in folk style, right? I was a big leg rider, but even with that comes just positioning as you're taking people down. So I feel like, you know, uh, that's kind of what, what freestyle is all about. And I hated bottom, right? So it's, uh, it's perfect to wrestle freestyle where they got to stand you up after 10 seconds. Um, <laughs> yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting because I've only really been familiar with the, the Greco-Roman from the Olympics. And yeah. Yeah, so. Well, Greco-Roman is completely different than freestyle or folk style, you know. I would say Greco, in my opinion, is less like freestyle. It's more like a, ooh. I'd say like judo. Yeah, like it's more like judo than it is freestyle or folk style. Like freestyle and folk style, they're very similar. Um, yeah, you don't see a lot of guys going to like Greco. At least right. not a lot of like the elite folk style guys really. Uh-huh. So the goal is to get to the, I guess, the world team and get to the yeah. the Paris Olympics. Um, tell us a little bit about that pathway if you don't mind. Yeah, so um, – Really, I went back to wrestle this freestyle tournament. Uh, it was just, you know, on, on the national circuit, kind of one of those um, national level tournaments. The qualifiers actually begin next year, uh, and the first one's going to be in March. So I really just went down to see, hey, how do I rank up against these people, right? Because I haven't been wrestling since college, right, uh, for the most part. I run a tech company. I was a financial advisor for five years. Now I run a fintech company. We work with over 2,000 advisors. So my day-to-day is like fintech, you know, and dealing with client relationships, all that stuff. And then I just saw this opportunity come up. And before I started really the Olympic journey, I just 
kind of wanted to fly down there, you know, see the level of the guys and see if it's really worth it, right? Like, because if I go down there and get smacked, I'm not going to come back and, and try to wrestle a qualifier, right? Um, so I go down there, win the tournament. Now the first qualifier is going to be in March in Sao Paulo. That's my home state. So I'll fly out there. If I win that tournament, it qualifies me for the Pan American Games, which is going to be in Argentina in May. Top two at the Pan American Games qualify for the Olympics. And then there's also, uh, I think, top five at Worlds also qualify for the Olympics. Um, so it's top five at Worlds and then top two from each of these, like, continental games, mm-hmm. if that makes wow. sense. Um, right. So I got one tournament to win and then, you know, another tournament to hopefully place top two in Argentina. There we go. Yeah, so – when it comes to pursuing the Olympic dream, you you fought at 174, correct? Yeah, yeah. I used to wrestle 174 in college. And and what and, are you wrestling at now? So the tournament that I recently wrestled at was uh, 79 kilos, which is 174. Okay. Uh, but 174 is it an Olympic weight? So I'll be moving up to to 86 kilos. Um, for this qualifier, and that's the the weight I'm going to try and qualify at. Oh, okay. So you have to add I'm weight. Going up to like 190. Are, are you familiar with the guys who race who wrestle at that weight class? Yeah, yeah. Very. Um, they were both at the tournament. You know, I got I got a chance to watch them both wrestle. Um, I didn't actually wrestle them. You know, but after my exposure in Brazil and. You know, when I look at the rankings, the national rankings they had and all the kids I beat, because I, you know, I flew down there. I went unscored on. Nobody scored a point on me. Wow. I either pinned or teched everybody in the first period. So I didn't even make it to the second period. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm not like, I'm not like trying to flex, right? But it's just, you know, I feel like there's a different level there. And what's exciting about that is just to see you know, when you look at some of the other weights on the Brazilian team, there are, you know, Brazilians that are wrestling in the United States. And so, you know, when you grow up wrestling a sport and you just have more resources, more training behind it, uh, you know, a great room, that's what American wrestling looks like, you know. And so it's kind of cool that some of us can go back and, and wrestle for our countries and, you know, grow a sport out there that that we could potentially, you know, be good at one day. So, um, yeah. Now, 86 kilos is the short version of that. Yeah. Now, so hold on. So you said, you said you got to look at the kids when you were down there. Are you the old man of the group? Is that what's going on here? I know there's another, uh, I'm sure. Um, I mean, the, the, the guy who's ranked second at 79 kilos that I beat 10 zero was like 40. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm definitely not the oldest, but I, I don't think he would be on the team. But I, I definitely do think out of anybody on the Brazil team, I would have the most wrestling experience. And so hopefully, you know, after I qualify, I can uh, somewhat step up in leadership, you know. That that would be my hope as well. Right on. In college, was there someone that you uh, wrestled alongside that you – felt like you learned from or did it all come from your your coaches at the college level 
you know, I, I would say there were a lot of people that I maybe saw wrestle, you know, that, that maybe took me under their wing. But as you probably know, a lot of martial arts is like alchemy, right? You kind of got to see what you like, mix in what you don't, right? Try it out yourself, you know, lose a match, win a match because of big moves, little moves, right? So I think the sharpening of the tool itself was, you know, just due to experience, due to repetition. Um, but my freshman year, when I came into Colorado Mesa, um, we used to always do kind of like these wrestle-offs, right? Where we would just wrestle each other in the room like a match day kind of thing. Um, and there was a guy at the time, he was the best wrestler on the team. His name was James Martinez, couple-time All-American. Um, and in the beginning of that year, I'm coming out of high school, we wrestle a match and he beats me 4-3 to three in overtime. That year, James won nationals. So at the time, maybe I didn't believe I was as good as I was, you know, my freshman year, but then I would watch other people that I felt like I could hang with and maybe beat sometimes, accomplish big things. And that would just open my mind to what's possible. You know, I don't think uh, even being an All-American, I took fifth. I don't think that was ever the goal. Um, I wasn't like, oh, yeah, I'll take fifth, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. But – uh, I, I'm just happy to have that as an accolade, but really it was the journey, the friends I met, you know, the relationships I built. Some of the most important people in my life are, are, are people that I wrestled with, you know, they saw my journey. I saw theirs. Um, a lot of coaching too. You know, I had some coaches that they, they really wanted to make sure that I was uh, like a hard nose, like callous, like we'll outwork anybody type person. And that's kind of who I became just through a little bit of their molding, and and my competitive spirit you know so uh, yeah a lot of it was to coaching a lot of it was to teammates but i apply everything from wrestling every day like i said you know my day-to-day is spent in tech with clients you know uh so it's kind of just cool to see how i'm able to shift and you know even with this wrestling opportunity this might be my last run at qualifying for an olympic uh you know, an Olympic year and why not? You know, <laughs> if I got the time to train, I got the time to fly down there, you know, roll a couple of kids up and then that's what I'll do. <laughs> and and why did you choose Colorado Mesa? Was it just a geographical thing or was there another reason to it? You know, I'm the firstborn of an immigrant family, you know, so growing up here, I think my parents just didn't want me to go too far. Okay. I also at the time was like in – so, you know, I was 85 pounds, 4'11 as a freshman, right? And I kind of had this like up-and-coming kind of underdog story through high school, right? To the point where I was like prom king. So I went from like the the little guy that nobody liked to like one of the best athletes, like prom king, all this stuff. And there was a girl I had a crush on when I was a freshman and I got to date her as a prom king, right? So honestly, it was following like, you know, a girl at the time. Um, I just thought <laughs> I just thought Colorado Mesa was the place to be. Um, and I actually decommitted to follow her to Colorado Mesa. I, I, I was thinking of going to Colorado School of Mines uh, to be an engineer. 
Mm-hmm. And so I ended up going to do business classes, right? Uh, I graduated with a degree in economics and a degree in finance at Colorado Mesa, which was, you know, and guess what? We broke up summertime before the year even started. <laughs> you know, parents had just paid for the dorms, right? <laughs> I'm like, I guess this is happening. Um, but yeah, that, it's kind of funny how I ended up there. And then, you know, it's crazy how life just plays out. Maybe I wouldn't have accomplished my goals, you know. Maybe I would have quit at some point, you know. I met my friend, uh, a friend of mine, Marcus, who later introduced me to my wife. I met him at Mesa, you know. It's uh, it's kind of crazy. Hallmark, buddy. It's like a Hallmark movie right there. It's poetic justice, you know. <laughs> you ever feel like things in life are like that? Always, always. Like they just come back around. It's just like, you know. I think they call it Kismet or something. That's right. Sign up to SoRare, the ultimate fantasy sports NFT platform. Scout, collect, and trade officially licensed digital player cards with other fans in our open marketplace. Create teams with cards from your collection and earn points based on your players' real-life performances to compete in a variety of fantasy sports competitions. Showcase your skills and go head-to-head with managers from around the world to rise up the weekly rankings and earn rewards. Yes, SoRare is a game that you can play this season and the next and the next and the next. It's almost like a, a dynasty spin on fantasy. This is something that's available in formats such as NBA, MLB, and also football, the world game. So what are you waiting for? Get involved, get in the game, have some fun. Oh, did I tell you it's free, by the way? Yes. All you have to do is sign up. Kobe showed me. It's, it's really that simple. You just sign up, create an account, and then you can start playing. And if you want to go a little bit harder and purchase some limited, rare, or unique cards, you can do that too. But at a base level, this is really just a free, fun way to play with your mates and show who's really in the know when it comes to sports. Because Process Podcasters, we know our thing, but so rare is a chance to go up against us and see who really is the smartest in the room. So hit the link in the show notes and we'll see you on So Rare. Own your game. How often do you guys do uh, your podcast here? Uh, well, we, we post a main episode twice a week. Yeah. So we do, we do a lot. Noble, relax. That's my dog. Sorry. <laughs> he hears. main episode once a week do you guys like the audio version better way better man yeah did you guys ever try doing video or uh we have like we have a youtube channel we like we have everything right we have or across yeah. all social medias on the youtube yeah. channel i shoot most of the youtube channel but it's primarily for nft uh sports investments right that's kind of like what we use the YouTube oh, okay. channel for maybe eventually i'll start transferring some of the audio with just maybe slides or something to the YouTube channel just because yeah. it's there. But for the yeah. podcast itself, the strictly audio is so much better. One, you don't have to worry about bad video feeds. You don't get too much of a – it's not too taxing on the system itself, right? Because sometimes if yeah. you're doing, say, a video Heavy feed, videos, yeah, yeah it, it messes with the audio too, right? Nice. Okay. You get better audio this way. And also it's, it's much easier for, for the guest. Right. Like, you know, you know, you know how many guests we get that have said no to other podcasts. Cause they want to, they wanted to do it like on zoom or something. 
Right. And then they're like, oh, I got to sit down somewhere. I got to make sure I look yeah. good. You know, like there's a number of different things, right? Whereas with this, do you have your cell phone with you? Like we, we've, we've interviewed people while they're, you know, driving to work. <laughs> right like these things with their cell phone beside them and they that was almost gonna be us that was almost <laughs> gonna be us today yeah so that's I, mean, I think that's a big part of it it's so they'll say yes to us because you know we tell them 30 minutes or 40 minutes whatever just audio and they're like oh that's nothing no problem well um how does uh the sports end up tying in with you know the stuff that you're doing on youtube was was that the plan all along or do you guys do this because you enjoy you know, watching MMA or, or some of the sports or. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Between, between the three of us, we've either been, in, well, all of us have been involved in some sport in some way, but we're fans of a number of different sports. Right. Yeah. So that was the initial kind of push to do the podcast. And then everything that sprung out, that sprung from it is sort of an, an offshoot of that. But like sports NFTs is just, it's such a new thing. Right. I saw it as a niche market that no one's really covering. So I thought, you know what? We can make that our focus on the YouTube channel because very few people cover it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it ties in because it's sports, right? So yeah. it's kind of cool. Well, where did you guys all meet each other? Did you know each other beforehand? Kind of, yeah. So all three of us do acting as a side gig. Oh, that's awesome. Right. We're all actors as a side gig. And I've worked with Nee before, and Nee had worked with Justin before. And both Nee and Justin had been on a previous podcast called Toronto Talk Sports. Oh. And then at that time, I was producing a lot of YouTube channel. I have another YouTube channel that's all golf. It's primarily golf-related. Okay. And And I had done some fantasy football stuff, too. I'm a huge Denver Broncos fan, by the way. Yeah. Uh, well, let me just, uh, on that golf thing, let me plug PXG. Uh, they're a sponsor of mine. Oh, are they? Yeah. Yeah, they are. Oh, that's awesome. Me, uh, brand new set of those Gen 5s, man. Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> Now I'm jealous. Yeah, all the gear you can think of, it's so sick. Um, you know, I would post videos of, uh, of me golfing more regularly. But I also don't want to damage the brand, you know. I got to get better. I'm gonna be honest. Um, but but the clubs are cool, you know. I take pictures of them for sure. I got to get that swing better, though. You know, it's funny when I so when I first started my golf channel, one of the first things I did was I reached out to every golf manufacturer, right? Reached out to every single one and said, "Hey, I'm a new channel, just starting off. Be awesome if you guys could send me anything to review, to use for a season, plug in all my videos, whatever, right?" Yeah. And it's like every single one, most of them didn't answer me. And then a couple would say, right. you know, you're still too new, but get back to us next year. Let us know. The only company that got back to me and was like genuinely interested and had a genuine conversation with was PXG. Dude, and they're, they're just, you know, the high end version of it. Everything they've sent me is sick. I wear it to wrestle. I wear it to work out. I wear it out to dinner, you know. Just, <laughs> it's like money. <laughs> I wear it to golf, right? <laughs> well, yeah, you're a big Broncos fan. Huge man, huge Broncos fan. Yeah, my my yeah, favorite. I don't know if you saw, I had Derek Wolf on my podcast, and uh, <laughs> that was just a dream come true, dude. I used to that guy was the man. Who'd you have? Sorry, uh, Derek Wolf. Oh, right on. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, he's back, dude. He's back. Yeah, he's yeah, back. I, I, I had to wait. Like, I had to go pick up a, a delivery, and the timing was a bit longer than I thought, but I'm back. 
and uh, back <laughs> in distant time. Here. So well, somebody got a big gift, I'm sure. I wish, I wish, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> but um, fintech by day, wrestler by night. Uh, the life of Bruno Nicoletti. Tell us a bit about the mindset, the, like, because that's a lot. You got a lot of training going on, but you still have to handle your business during the day. How do you, yeah. I guess, stay in in game? Like, how do you keep your mind in the game, if you will? Yeah, um, you know, I think uh, with anything, when you when you're hyper focused, right, just kind of becomes a, a bit of a lonely road, you know, and just at all times, I'm pretty much alone until, you know, my wife gets home from work herself. Um, and so waking up early, you know, uh, I'm at the gym by 5 a.m. I, I get a workout in, um, you know, before the crack of dawn. Then I have, you know, some time to meditate, some time to listen to an audio book. All of that's done in the morning, right? So just setting myself up for, you know, a structured day. And that's like non-negotiable. It's not even something like I try to wake up at five, like alarm is at five every day and I just wake up and that's just habits, build routines, reps, build routines. Um, so just building a routine for myself, you know, I might start my day working at like 7.30 a.m. You know, maybe I have wrestling in the afternoon at like three o'clock. So I know I got to get everything done within that pocket of time. And so honestly, man, it's just uh, trying to make the most of my time because uh, the next thing is just as important, you know, trying to balance being an athlete, a CEO, you know, of a company with 2000 clients and, and a husband at the same time, right? Um, it all becomes time management and uh, the only way to be, t- uh, the only be- way to be good at time management, I think, is to be present and aware. So as much as I like may have a following and I post, I'm like rarely consuming content. Um, if I am, it's, you know, a podcast or an audio book or something like that, or maybe some music at the gym, you know, uh, but yeah, I try to, yeah. I try to multitask and I try to get two things done at once. Um, but yeah, man, that, that's pretty much it. I think. Mm-hmm. I hear that. No, I got to say, I feel like, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that might give you a competitive advantage in, in the wrestling world because I know that some of the sports Olympics, whether we like it or not, but the athletes, they're not getting the support they probably could be getting from the the countries that are sending them. But you run yeah. a business. That's got to give you like a leg up over someone that's, you know, maybe in a different position. Well, would you agree with that or do you think that um No, absolutely. You know, absolutely. It's um but at the same time, you know, I don't have all day to train like everybody else. You know? I don't have all day to stay in the gym um and just you know, work out and just work on my wrestling. So, you know, th- there are advantages and I think there there are cons, but the biggest thing is I'm doing this for fun. Right. Mm. Like, uh, you know, even with a lot of like fighters and stuff, it's like, hey, the dream is to, you know, the dream comes with money. Right. Like, I don't think anybody's going to pay me anything. I don't think. Right. Mm. Uh, I'm doing all this shit for free. man. so I'm doing it because I love it. You know, I'm actually I would say I'm paying to do it because any time that I'm wrestling, I'm not working. Mm. Right. Um, And so. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be stepping back in this lane if if it wasn't important and if I wasn't going to follow it through. Mm-hmm. Um, no also, it's kind of one of those things like, why not me? 
yellow, <laughs> you know. Uh, this morning I was working out and uh, I've thought about – I haven't missed more than one week of training in the last – uh, and that's just from the gym, not even wrestling, but more than one week of training in the last 11 years. Wow. Like, that's pretty nuts. Um, so when I started lifting, now this is just like, you know, kind of like show pony, gym lifting, whatever, right? Just getting stronger, doing, uh, <laughs> you know, some deadlifts or something like that. But ever since I started, I haven't given up. So I, I feel like when I just get on a track of anything, whether it's business you know, uh, I'm just committed to seeing it through. That's what's up. And that's how you succeed, persistence and resistance to quitting. Um, I've got to ask, you've got one business going already. Could you see yourself down the line getting involved in the business of wrestling maybe? Like maybe running a gym or even like getting behind a promotion like the one that uh, Archie Colgan's in? Could you see yourself doing yeah. something like that maybe? Yeah, I definitely think if I if I were to get involved in sports, it would be something uh, more on like the business management side of it. You know, I I've already spitballed ideas of you know maybe my my brother is actually uh, going to school to be an actor. He's been in a couple like little feature films. You know, he's getting his foot in the door. So maybe like representation. Or something like that. Um, I also saw in Brazil that there's like a lack of resources. You know, there's kids like wrestling barefoot um, at tournaments, right? Mm. Everybody has like their shoes ripped up, right? Nobody has good materials or anything like that. Like the mat is – so, you know, getting involved and in maybe spreading wrestling awareness – um, I think would be really cool or like an organization that, that, that puts on the events I think would be really cool. So I can kind of see myself dabbling. I promised Archie that uh, I will do one MMA fight at some point just because I want to <laughs> know what it, I got to know what it feels like. You know, I did a boxing match last year. And so that was pretty cool. Uh, so I'm just dabbling in some stuff, you know, who knows? Okay. I have that addictive personality that when it comes to training, you know, Mm. Um, so I definitely don't want to go down like <laughs> I don't want to be a fighter, you know, and that's kind of the problem when you start training, you fall in love with it. That's just not the, the path I see for myself. I hear that. Well, Kobe and I are actors as well, as well as the third member of our team, Justin. Yeah. So if you if you are looking for a star representation, an agency, we'll join we might join that roster and get some Canadian reps on your <laughs> on your team. Have you, have yeah, you been to Canada? Bro. Huh? I've never I, been. I've okay. I've been to Detroit and I saw Canada from my hotel room, but that's about as close as I've gotten. <laughs> that's right. All right. Yeah, so, I was just waving over. You could see the flag over there. Um, do you guys ever come down here though? Uh, not as much. I've, I've been a couple of times, but um, not as much as uh, before. Maybe maybe next year. Now that the world is opening up a little bit more, I might might make my way down. I know. Kobe would be keen to get to Mile High at some point. To yeah, dude. If you guys are ever down here, hit us up. You know, um, I train with Archie and with Grant, and there's a lot of other fighters in that room, but those are my guys. Right on. Uh, they're always a good time, man. If we're not training, I'm sure, I'm sure we could take you guys out and show you around. That'll be dope. That'll be dope. And when you're up here, we're gonna have to get you to try a poutine. I don't know if you've had oh. a poutine yet. What is that? So it's like. Fries with cheese curds and gravy. Oh, bro, you had me on fries. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. We'll get you a nice poutine when you get up here. 
No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, sweet right guys. Um, thanks for having me. This was awesome. I'm, I'm always free to, to, to jump back in here and do a couple of these with y'all. Yeah. We'll have to check back in, um, in the lead up to, you know, uh, your trip to Brazil and the, the qualification. Where can our, our fans find you on social media, by the way, Bruno? Yeah, if you guys want to follow me on Instagram, that's B-R-V-N-O, so Bruno with a V, or at Brunos, B-R-U-K-N-O-W-S, that's my podcast. Um, On YouTube, it's Bruno's Podcast, uh, spelled the same way, B-R-U-K-N-O-W, because Bruno's. Um, and that's pretty much it, man. All those links are in my Instagram. So BRVNL. Follow me. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our Insider Tips, Sponsor Giveaways, and Insider Newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcast's experience, where no sport is left behind.